resources are the most expensive asset for a company. Yeah. And I think we ought to give that respect to those resources and have give organizations the tools that to make sure that those assets are being fully utilized. Exactly. So even though it's hard, right? We have to do it. And with the right tooling, you know, just exactly. you can't do it in Excel anymore. It's just too crazy, right? The right tooling makes a big difference. It does. It really does. Even if it's not perfect, Paul, if it gets you 90, 95% there, that's a huge win. Yeah. That's a huge win, right? Considering you have like 60 to 50% of your cost is in payroll. If you can make sure like 90% of the time my, my people are fully optimized, that's awesome. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us again. I hope you're all doing well out there. Not too long ago, Keith and Jahagadar and I were talking about the importance of project management in innovation and how you really can't do innovation unless you have a project of some kind. And during that conversation, we, we were touching on resources, but you know we didn't really say much about it. And there's so much that we could say about it that Kathan agreed to come back and have a further chat with me. So Kathan, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. Great to be back. How's things going for you this week? Going great. We're off to a good start. Good, good, good. And I think you just, just got a new release of your software, didn't you? We did. It was a good release, successful deployment over the weekend. Excellent. And we have happy customers so far. All right. That's great. Glad to hear it. Well, congratulations. I know that could be stressful. Yeah. So anyway, Katen, you know, resources is a huge topic. You could talk for days on it, I'm afraid, but uh, I don't think we have days. But, you know, off the top of your head, what are some, you know, what's your kind of view on resources when it comes to projects? I feel like everyone gets fixated on schedules and budgets. And I feel like resource management is probably undervalued in terms of what should be the focus in terms of planning projects out. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, the work is always hinged around resources. People are doing things, or even if it's not people, it's widgets, or you're talking about scheduling factory beds, or what have you. It's generally tied to availability of resources. And so I feel like it doesn't get the airtime it deserves, honestly. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, <laughs> I think the number one cause of frustration in any project is the resources weren't there, right? 100%. 100%. In yeah. fact, I think this was a Deloitte article or somewhere. Like for a typical Fortune 500 company, payroll is, you know, one to two billion a year. And that's like 60% of the company spent. Right. Yet, you know, we don't we don't think about that as the first thing to plan around and, and nail down when it comes to project scheduling. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about some of the reasons for that. I mean, it can be hard, I think. Or or is it hard? I mean, I when I look at resources, you know, I, I probably depends on how deep you go, how finite you go. The lower you go, the harder it is. Does it have to be hard to schedule resources? 
it doesn't have to be hard, but it depends on how diligent you are in tracking actual time and okay. projections of resources. Right. That's where the difficulty comes in, right? Because unless you have good data on your allocation and projection of in-flight projects, it becomes pretty challenging to calculate, you know, or plan for those resources. You know, if you don't have data, you can depend on. Right. I guess I'm saying, yes, it, it is challenging because it's hard to get that discipline of tracking time and and accurately projecting where resources are allocated. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go on a journey. Let's go on a project journey. Just come along with me. So we know that maybe three, four months from now, how about Jan, you know, next year, January 1st, we want to start a project, right? So, so the first thing we want to do is probably identify a schedule, maybe not nailed down to exact details. And we want to very importantly know if we have the people that we're going to need. So now we're, you know, we're out in the future, sort of just saying, does this project fit? So we need some idea of resources, right? So what does that look like? Totally agree with you. So the, the way I would do it is, if you're just starting out, the first thing I'd do is establish milestones, right? Rather than going down to task level scheduling right off the bat, establish high level milestones, and then figure out the type of work that needs to be done in order to meet those milestones, right? Do I need electrical engineers? Do I need architects? Do I need food scientists? You know, what, what have you? Like you, okay. you need to figure out yeah. the type of resources needed to deliver the milestone. And then once once you've got that demand, so to speak, identified and plugged into your project, then as you get closer to execution, then you can start breaking those milestones down into tasks and say, okay, Here's the work within my milestones. Who do I need? And then start looking for resource availability. But sort of a chicken and egg thing, because before you can give approval to the project, I think it would be the responsibility of the PMO or the governing body, so to speak, to make sure that you have the resources right. to actually execute a project like that. So I think that can happen at the milestone level. Paul, you don't have to go down to the task level. But it, it's critical to have those milestones. What sort of resources do I need to deliver those milestones? And have some sense for, okay, is this 50%? Do I need these resources 50%? Do I need them full-time? Okay, so and how many, you, right? Yeah, and how many, exactly. So if you if we can get that level of planning at a quarterly level, I think that's sufficient to create a plan that you can execute on. That seems very reasonable. That seems very doable. I've seen a lot of companies struggle though because they they don't do that and they they we'll get into it a little later but then they have difficulty communicating to the executive team you know will this one come in above or below the line right so so that's that's a challenge for a lot of even if they have the high level you know the executive team says well you're going to do it you figure it out right yeah, no no you're right and this is where the the second level of planning needs to come in okay so let's talk about that yeah, yeah. this is we, we were at the beginning of that journey the project journey right you've come up with an idea we think we want to do this in q1 of 23 here's the milestones here's who i need but now let's talk about like just before we go into the christmas holidays yeah december right <laughs> you're in december the the start date is almost upon you 
And my expectation would be by then my project manager has actually flushed out my work breakdown structure. Okay. If it's agile, I at least have my stories broken out. I have story level planning. Or if it's a traditional waterfall project, I have my work breakdown structure. I have tasks identified and I have plugged in my actual resources and effort and duration for these tasks. Are these by name yet, by person, or are they still by skill? By December, if I don't have a person staff yeah. on my project, it's a risk. Okay. I, these are named resources committed to my project. My project manager has taken those resources, assigned them to tasks, and I have, I'm ready to go. Okay. Right? To provide an answer of am I going to come on schedule before, after? Right. If you don't have that sort of a plan, it's, I don't see how you could have a confident the confidence as a project manager to provide that answer. I mean you you need you need that level of planning if you want that sort of precision. Do you do it by maybe it just depends, but in a traditional innovation project, I right? think think that we're not we're not architect we're not building a a building, we're not in construction, but the type of projects that we we do in innovation is it Okay, I need I need Kathan to do this work, so this task is his. Am I am I scheduling it out by day, by week, by task, all of the above? I guess my answer would be it's not a cop out, but it's it's I guess it depends on yeah, I thought so. the the company culture and mm -hmm. expectations again, right? If the expectation is that your innovation project needs, if I say this is going to be done by April fifteenth and the the leadership wants a plus or minus 5% variance, then you need to at least schedule by week or days in order to make that. And let's say it's a year-long project. I would expect at least the first quarter to be flushed out. Okay. December, right? Just say my first quarter, I flushed it out. Here's Here's my line of sight, at least for Q1, in terms of task level, and I have it by week or day. And then you, at the end of the quarter, you take your next level, next phase of work that needs to be done. You iterate through it. You flush it out based on what you've learned from your first phase. And now you go into detail planning. Yeah. Right? Project managers sometimes make the mistake of planning an entire year's worth of work to so much level of detail. But yeah. It's not based on... It's hard to plan that much out unless you have done that project 50 times before. The exact well, same type. Yeah. Even if you did, it's going to be wrong, right? Because, you know, I put I put Sally on there, critical task that it's going to be in Q2. Who knows, right? Sally may be around. She may not. She may be not even employed anymore, right? There's so many variables. So I like the concept of the detail is in the short term, whether that be calendar-based or, you know, whether it be a phasing like a, like a sprint or a normal project phase, milestone, whatever it is. I like that approach. So then you kind of have detailed for that phase or that period of time, and then you have still higher level statement of need beyond there, right? That's right. That's exactly right. I still have milestones and project managers. This is where some, it's a little bit of art versus science, right? Depends on the project manager's experience, you know, how much industry specific experience he or she has right in terms of the project and it's their their level of comfort in terms of how far out they can go and 
specifically how repeatable is the product or the project, right? If it's fairly routine and you've done this 20 times before, you may have higher confidence level in your in your tasks and schedule. But I suspect if you're you're in the innovation uh, game, you're you're constantly trying out new things. It's probably more flexible during innovation projects, and and the and the planning needs to be kind of at a high level. But the monitoring at that time that becomes key. Meaning, scheduling is at a high level. The PM needs to be highly engaged with the resources to monitor progress and report because you're kind of you're depending on the resource and the PM to be on the same page. Yeah, all the way through execution. Now, if you think about, there's different types of resource. I don't know exactly how I'm going to say this, but I know that if I'm assigned, me, Paul Heller, assigned a task, usually it's the type of task that, okay, I know I'm going to need to work a week on this. You know, if I get sidetracked or sick or whatever for a day, I still find a way to get it done, right? I make up that time. Whereas other types of resource, you can't make up that time, right? That time is gone. How do you deal with the, or do, is it worth worrying about the difference in that, in those two types of resources? Honestly, I think when I'm planning a project out, I put in enough contingency to cover that upfront. Okay. Unless, unless I've worked with the same team, unless I, I've worked with Paul Heller, I know he's going to deliver come, come due date. I'm not worried about it. But when it's in general, I would say, have a little bit of contingency. I'm not a big fan of padding dates. Right. However, to be prudent, <laughs> I would put in a little bit of contingency. Not I mean, exactly, right? You fall sick. You can't work for three days. You can't make right. the time up on a five-day task. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. It's hard to do that. So I would put in a little bit of contingency. And that's where you would, you you know, kind of reforecast after doing a rebaseline. If if things significantly change, and and keep everybody, all the stakeholders informed. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the threats or some of the the difficulties about resource planning. You know, one that comes to my mind right now, and there are actually two of them, but I'll start with one of them is is turnover. Right, employees are leaving companies at record levels, at least in the United States. Four million people a month changing jobs. Right, so. So, you know, that, that's got to affect any project plan we know out there in some way. I couldn't agree with you more. And that's unfortunately the economic cycle that we're in. It's, it's kind of strange. You know, people are talking about a recession on one side, but the job market is red hot. Yeah, right. I can't figure that one out. But yeah, yeah me, me neither. <laughs> but but that, that's, that's the time we're living in. I think you have to just deal with that as as a project manager, honestly. Yeah. So would you say it'd be wise to consider that type of, of extra, I don't, you know, whether padding is the right word or, or you know, risk risk uh, equation in there. Just, you know, today's world is maybe a little bit different. If it's professional type of resources, the ones that are, are seen to be changing jobs, I don't know, probably by skill level. There might be more engineers and less finance people. I don't know, but but it seems to me that resources today need a little more flexibility than they did even just a few years ago. Yes and no. I, I agree that they need more flexibility, but converse to that, 
I think the market competition has become tighter. People are producing things at a lot faster pace. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, the leader in me says I would not account for that. Okay. If we if we are in a con competitive marketplace, you've got board level expectations, you've got market expectations, and yes, you have to balance it out a little bit in terms of flexibility. But I think you you have to deliver to your market, right? And in terms of turnover, most project managers, experienced project managers, Paul, have a very good sense for when a resource has started to so, you know, somewhat check out, you're not getting the same sort of engagement that you usually do. I've, I've had pretty good luck in terms of gauging that in my career. And I think most experienced PMs and resource managers know that. So as soon as you feel like you, you get a sense that you know someone's not always there, you see a lot more vacation days or sick days or, you start you start accounting for that. Okay, maybe I'm going to lose lose this resource. Tap in internally or start planning some padding. You know, it put some padding in for getting a new hire and and replacing that person. Yeah, I mean the other the other thing I read about I hate the term, but I don't have a better term. But somebody coined the term quiet quitting. I'm just going to do what I'm paid to do, right? If they're paying me for assuming I work 40 hours, I'm just going to work 40, which means I'm not going to stretch to uh, to fill in or catch up or or whatever, right? I don't even know if it's if they're doing the 40. I think uh, quiet yeah, quitting well, is maybe underperforming. <laughs> that's a little scary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So these are all kind of new things that they weren't there a few years ago and if you're a new project manager, you know, what type of things would you give it advice for a new project manager? You mentioned experienced project managers kind of know. They kind of can feel it, right? They know from experience. But if you're a new project manager, any advice for, for that person? Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you're a project manager and you ask yourself, boy, why is it taking so long to get this thing done? Yeah. It's probably time to have a conversation with that resource or that resource's manager and maybe both at the same time and say, well, my expectation is this task is, you know, it's supposed to take you take a week and we're going in on three weeks now and I'm wondering what needs to change. You know, do I need to give you more clarity in, in what needs to be produced or is there a roadblock? But in, in, in general, A, make sure that the resources are engaged while coming up with your estimates so that you're not coming up with a timeline in a, in a in a void. I think that's the biggest mistake new project managers do. Just go off in a corner and build a plan without engaging the key stakeholders and the team. And then you have a disconnect to start with. But once you once you've got a accepted project plan and schedule where everyone has contributed, if you start seeing variances, immediately have a discussion with the resource and don't be shy. Right. Okay. Don't be shy. Have a conversation. Say, hey, what can I do to help? And if you if you don't get the straightforward answer, uh, you know that something's afoot. Yeah. Okay. So I shared a couple of the what I think are some really big challenges. What's what are you seeing out there in terms of big challenges in terms of being effective at resource planning and and management? I think some some of the challenges are in the tools for scheduling, right? You need to have the ability to schedule at a high level and the detail level. Ah. And it would be, it's ideal to have actuals feed my capacity planning module, so to speak, so that everything is integrated. I don't need to like look in one system for my 
schedule and, and projections versus now my actuals are in another place. Now I don't know if my plan was off to begin with. So you need you need a system where they're all kind of tied together. The tool is one place. It's nice to have everything in one place. But then it's the it's the mindset of companies. I think we have kind of in, in this age where everyone's working remotely and you mentioned, you know, the, the market is so hot right now. We we're kind of tilted too much towards the flexibility, I think, in my opinion. And feel like we need to tighten up the schedules, communicate our expectations with project team members very, you know, very clearly. Because unless you do that, you know, everyone's going to reach their own conclusion in terms of, you know, what is expected and, you know, how much leeway do they have with the deliverable days? Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think you hit most of the critical ones at a macro level, Paul, right? I mean, the, the market is extremely hot and uh, just where we are as an economy, I think we need to balance between market demands and our employee demands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me take a different tack. So if you have a project and you've got maybe the resource is just money, I don't know, but you got a piece of it that's being done by a third party, right? So. Do you not worry about their resources, right? They're just going to, your resource there, I guess, is money and commitment from the third party, right? 100%. But again, that needs to be made very clear at the procurement time. Right. And it has to be managed. It's like, you know, I believe it was Reagan, right? Who said, trust, but verify. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You need to have that sort of insight into their their productivity. Yeah. It's very clear that they're making an incremental progress, do some uh, spot checks, spot reviews. Yeah. But it is their responsibility, right? I I don't want to, I'm engaging at a deliverable level with them. I've given you the time, I've given you the date, and I've told you what I want, and it's their job to get it done. Right. Well, I like your concept of one system which has actuals and estimates and capacity. A lot of times somebody will say to me, well, we have an HR system that has I guess maybe the capacity of an individual, right? There, it's got their vacation time scheduled and and whatever. So, is that a common integration? Yeah, I, I would say so. Like especially with vacation scheduling and sometimes you know the time cards. Yeah, the, the system of record is the HR system. You know that that's where they would enter their time. Uh, it's I've seen it a number of times where the HR, along with your ERP for financials, project financials. You get your HR module plugged into the project planning and scheduling system. I mean, the whole goal, Paul, is, you know, there's a few tricks you can do to have resources produce more in the same working time, right? But I think the the job of scheduling systems is to really maximize the working time or minimize weight or slack in between resources scheduling. That That should be like the ultimate goal of a resource management module, which is, I don't have resources waiting for somebody to hand me things or I'm sitting, you know, I, I don't want to sit there idle waiting for work to be done. Again, not an easy task. No, no. <laughs> right? The minute one thing gets a little bit delayed for whatever reason, it just gets hard. Yeah, Yeah. no, I, I, I agree. But what we said earlier, right, resources are the most expensive asset for a company. Yeah. And I think 
we ought to give that respect to those resources and have give organizations the tools that to make sure that those assets are being fully utilized exactly so even though it's hard right we have to do it and with the right tooling you know just exactly. you can't do it in excel anymore it's just too crazy right the right tooling makes a big difference it does it really does even if it's not perfect paul if it gets you 90 95% there that's a huge win yeah that's a huge win right considering you've like 60 to 50% of your cost is in payroll if you can make sure like 90% of the time my my people are fully optimized that's awesome <laughs> yeah so so celebrate the 90 don't have sorrow over the 10 right get the 90 going and then you can work on 92 right exactly <laughs> yes good well, Kathan, it's been a fun conversation. When you think back on your, when you and I first said, hey, let's do this, did we miss something when we're talking about resources? I don't think so. I mean, we talked about productivity. We hit utilization. We've talked some of, talked through some of the big macro level pains people are having. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's, you know, make sure we give resource managers and project managers the tools to do it. I think we covered most of. Yeah. What I really appreciate is if I put a hypothesis out there and you said, no, that's not the way I see it. I mean, that's just, just great because you have so much experience at this and you work with so many companies about it. So you've got, you're well connected much more than I am. So I appreciate you sharing your, your opinions and your perspective. I think that's what, that's what the listeners really get the value out of. Well, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity, Paul. I don't think I'm more connected than you are, but Whatever experience I have gathered over the years, I'm more than happy to share that. Great. Well, I would consider you to be a, a real practitioner of the fine art of project management, resource management, all of that. So, <laughs> Kathan, thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Really appreciate you stopping by. Thanks. You too, Paul. Thank you again. You bet. And to the listeners, I hope you enjoyed that and got something out of it. There's a lot to unpack there. And I think Kathan offered some, some great advice, some things to think about. So I'm sure glad he joined us. I wish you all a great week ahead. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com. S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.